Liz, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, so let's start with the definition of atheist, because from my research, there seems to be several different variants and definitions out there. How do you define it? Well, for myself, I guess maybe the perfect word for myself would be evidentialist. And I've just never seen any evidence of a God or any factual truth to, the, to religion, a religious text, although I do think maybe there's some like humane truths in ideology, like do unto others, but I don't see any truth in the facts, facts of it or an existence of God. So the definition in layman's terms would be the, the disbelief in God or the belief that there are no gods. I guess. I mean, I just try to stay away from belief in general because that's, I mean, why would you just believe something? It's, I just do things based on evidence and I'm culturally Jewish and I love the culture of Judaism, but in terms of believing in a God or the way heaven's defined or hell, I. Oh, now it makes I, so much sense why you went to the atheist route because you were, you, you grew up in a Jewish household. Yeah, right. Culturally, but not religious. You're I'm, Jewish I'm totally, too. You're... I'm totally uh, joking. Everybody, I'm Jewish as well. So I. Yeah, I yeah. I figured say. that's our humor. So. <laughs> um, but when you dig into that, you say that you're evidence based. Yes. So evidence based. So do you not have beliefs? Do you not have a belief system? What what what's that about? I probably do have a belief system because I think when you break things down, you always find out things that you think are based on logic turn out to be belief based. But as far as I, the, to the best of my ability, I live not based on beliefs, but on what's the, what's the evidence? Tell us the evidence that you've seen to make you believe that there is not the higher power. What is that? Well, it's interesting because I do think there's an afterlife, but I mean, I I see it as the reverse. Like it's it's kind of why I haven't seen evidence that there is. I feel the burden on proof is for someone who's trying to say something that is intangible, immaterial. I mean, I feel the burden on proof is to show me that there is a God. I mean, anything I've heard about it is purely belief based. So I don't feel the burden of proof is are on the people who say there is no God. I feel the burden of proof are on the people who say there is. I mean, I with that, I can say, you know, let's say prove to me there's no life on Mars. Okay, now that's been proven. We have cameras there and that's proven. Prove to me there's no life in another or another planet in another solar system, you know? Yes, but I think those examples you're looking for proof of something that's tangible or physical right there's a physical based evidence mm -hmm. if somebody said to you hey have you ever seen you believe that you that we breathe oxygen correct yes and if somebody said to you prove to me that we we breathe uh, oxygen i've never seen it before well you okay so maybe that's where belief comes in i believe scientists who've done the level of research and i think there are I guess you have to, I think you have to believe in expertise because you can't be an expert at everything. If you're going to run around 
having to be the expert in everything to go to another country, you have to fly a plane, you know, I mean, you're gonna have to do every single thing yourself, you can never go to a restaurant, you can never ride in a plane, you have to trust other people who've dedicated their lives to something and people years and years ago, I mean, have dedicated their lives to science and said there's oxygen. So I'm going to trust them. And but you have to have, I guess, some form of yeah, I guess where it's almost philosophical. Where is the line of belief versus proof? But right. I'm feeling breath. I, you know, I mean, I've seen oxygen levels measured. So. So what would you need to see? Let me ask it this way. Mm-hmm. What kind of evidence would you need to then say to yourself, huh, maybe there is a God? I guess it would have to be, how do I find God? Um, you know, if some huge beings suddenly showed up and popped down and said, I'm God. And I said, okay, do something impossible make you know i don't know i give them a task like dry up the ocean and then have it show up again turn the sky a color it's never been i mean skies have been many colors but instantly turn it like if it's night turn it blue you know give some impossible tasks and they do it well then there's proof that there's a significantly higher being does it fall under the definition of god i mean that's to be you know evaluated with the they that couldn't prove they're the only one like that because you know did they create the whole universe and are they the only higher being i guess if we define a god as that that's still improvable they could be an egomaniac who manipulates so sometimes also comes to choosing the most likely conclusion and i think with that i would conclude they the most likely conclusion is a god but would they be the only god that if they said they were that I still don't know I mean maybe they would believe they were but the multiverse universe is vast and but you, so you're equating belief for you to have this belief system mm-hmm. uh, or whatever you want to call it or define it you mm-hmm. need to see some kind of physical proof you need something for your in, in the way that your mind is is working and the way that you're describing it, you want to be able to trust me because I want to also. I mean, don't we all want to see God? Don't we all want to see the afterlife, heaven, what's going on, all, all these things? And we'll get to your afterlife stuff, which is pretty fascinating. But uh, I want to see it too. But isn't there ways to potentially like how do you believe the um how do you believe that that humanity began? I don't know. And I think we can come up with every theory. I mean, there are theories. There's biocentrism is one theory. And that's been proposed by Dr. Robert Lanza, who's an impressive scientist. I What is that exactly, Liz? Biocentrism. An impressive biocentrism. So yeah, so that's what I'm getting into. He um it's the theory that consciousness created the universe that all of our consciousness created this material universe and it helped create humans you know as we evolved i mean still following the path of evolution that our consciousness worked together and created the universe it doesn't eliminate the big bang that seems to me like a really good theory there's also the theory that the universe was just created by the big bang and 
I wish I could tell you more, you know, what happened before that. How? Why? I mean, I'd be the smartest person in the world if I could fully explain how the universe was created and know it factually. Um, but when you say our consciousness, again, that to me sounds more spiritual based than anything. When you, um, you're talking consciousness. That's not something that you could touch, see or feel. Well, there's no doubt there's consciousness because I'm here, you know. So how I guess I see it is I do think there's enough evidence. I think things, people use the word spiritual to attribute to things that don't necessarily need to be spiritually interpreted. If And that will get into my belief of, again, I guess I'm using the belief, I will rephrase it, um, why I conclude there's enough evidence that I think the most likely explanation is that our consciousness is not created by a brain, but it's downloaded by a brain. I, I don't know that for a fact. I wish I could say I knew this for a hundred percent fact, but I think that's most logical. But I think, I don't think, at least from how I experience it, I don't think that needs to be interpreted as spiritual consciousness. If that's literally how it works and there's some substance just like, oxygen and we just are at a point where we're capable of measuring oxygen and knowing there's oxygen i tend to think it's most likely our consciousness as a substance that we are absolutely not capable of measuring yet in terms of molecular atomic structure a structure that we have no idea i mean we didn't always know atoms existed or electrons it's most likely a form of that downloaded by our brain and to me that's just if that's true which i hope it is that's just science and that doesn't need to have spiritual attached to it so help me understand that one because i'm, I'm not okay. i'm not able to connect the consciousness part um so okay. the conscious you're saying the so how does a consciousness to me that is thoughts thoughts and feelings is kind of our conscience and those awareness kind of knowledge awareness. Of these are all awareness right awareness these are all others. these are all internal type things that our brain is is producing mm -hmm. how does that create human life <laughs> i wish i i mean there's the most i mean i don't think anyone can answer that i think the best i can do from that somehow you know the revolution we are physical bodies have evolved and their and whether our brains create the consciousness create the level of you know firing neurons create an experience of being human or whether it's a correlation and it's downloaded from non-local consciousness somehow that creates human life so mm. if i could explain it further i'd Sitting with I'm sure you think fries. about it all. You have to think about this quite often. Oh, I think about it nonstop. But I think there also has to be a difference between saying, I think about this and this is how it could be versus saying, I know this is how it is. Sure. And that's the fascinating thing to bring on people like you to hear your mm -hmm. stance and your position and the way that you view life. Um, I'm just trying to dig into this a little bit because I don't oh. understand necessarily how it all began. We all... We all know that the the uh, scriptures and the Bible, it's Adam and Eve. And that's kind of been the way that it's always been been portrayed, at least in a religious mm -hmm. aspect. In a religious. Yeah, I was more just portrayed 
the big bag. But I just don't know, understand how a human being is is created based on is doesn't doesn't there need to be something above humanity in order for all of this stuff to have occurred? Or do you think that this was all just like what what who was in who or what was in control? You know, so the theory of biocentrism, and that's the one that I tend to think seems the most likely, and I think second most likely is pure materialism, that it's just evolution and <coughs> bless you, evolution and coincidence. But okay, so we go to biocentrism. We don't necessarily need something higher than us, although there could be something higher, but that wouldn't necessarily be a god. It could just be multiple consciousness a few levels above that created us but i think you know that's possible that still doesn't account for one monotheist monotheistic is that the right word god to have consciousnesses above us that somehow created humans but it's also if it was our own consciousness somehow putting effects on the material matter after the big bang possibly creating the big bang my guess is there are multiple eternal big bangs of big crunches and the question is is there consciousness that create works behind that i think it seems most likely so we could be all these multiple consciousness and then from there downloading into brains similar to the way computers you know download everything from the cloud and that seems to me the most likely but it's all completely mysterious you know what happened trillions of years before the big bang i don't think and trillions and trillions and trillions of years before that we don't know it does seem i would think consciousness would be something that created it and if there is something above humans i just think it's a huge leap to say well that's a god one consciousness that created it all with all these emotions but how do we know it's not thousands and thousands of consciousness above us there's also the simulation theory which i think seems highly unlikely but it's a theory how do we know we're not computer simulations i know at the end of the day one monotheistic god is a theory but i think it's probably the right but you don't believe in likely any, theory atheists don't believe in any gods whether it's one or a million correct mm -hmm. I've, I've never, I guess maybe that my word's more evidential even though I say atheist. I've never, ever seen evidence of a God. I have no reason to think there's a God. And to say consciousness is a level above us, I think that's a huge jump to call it a God because in theory, a God is this all-powerful, all-knowing. And if consciousness is above us, created us, maybe they're, they're why would we think they're just these flawless, all-knowing, all, whatever, you know, people interpret God. So quite often, a lot of people in order, they, they hold themselves accountable, uh, either based on others or based on something that's greater than themselves. And so often you find people that hold themselves accountable in the way they live their lives because they're being watched under the, the quote unquote, the eye of God. Um, they they want to lean into their spirituality when times get tough. They want to maybe lean into it when times are, are going well. Um, but there's accountability factor. So since you don't believe in that, how do you keep yourself accountable in the way that you live your life in the day to day? And there's a lot of things I'm accountable. I care about other beings. I feel love. I love my family. I love my animals. I 
the thought of harming other humans seems or other animals doesn't feel good I you know it, it just gives me a horrible feeling in myself and maybe I don't want to feel bad so I don't want to make others feel bad it's just empathy it's being able to see there's others it's also you know I think of other accountability like not wanting to destroy the planet I mean I live here and if we do live multiple lives selfishly I don't want to come back but I also don't want other creatures to destroy it so I think I mean there's something that always feels a little well no I don't ever want to judge anyone who tries to always do better we all you know, that's a good thing to always try to do better, try to do right by others. But, you know, it has nothing to do with someone watching over me. I just don't want others to suffer. I care about others. Interesting. Okay. Well, and that makes sense, of course. Um. So, yeah, it's just, uh, it's a tricky, it's a tricky one because, there's there's no evidence uh showing that hey you, you hear people that say well I, i've seen god i've gone to the you know i've been on the de- the death doorstep and, and that's kind of where the afterlife thing comes into play with you um because i think that you you obviously have this uh, understanding of the way you live your, your life there is no god yet you when you lost your father mm-hmm. something bizarre happened to you why don't you take us through that and tell us what happened with your father and then why you started being skeptical of certain things okay well i wouldn't even say initially something bizarre happened i lost him and my very first thought was well the very very first thought was you know kind of in that desperation of grief fog when he was still here but in hospice and my very first thought was is there any possibility of turning back time Everything from science fiction films tends to come true from, you know, watch a film from 50 years ago. Here we are on Zoom. That was pure science fiction. So I was like, is there any possibility of turning back time? And I started to read about a book called Time Travel in Einstein's Universe. And what's really interesting is that, well, it's not practical. In theory, you can turn back time. And you can manipulate time. And I mean, that's a whole long conversation. And there's probably someone who's better able to speak to the details of it about me. But in general, time's relative and a bit of an illusion how we experience it. So then my next thought was, okay, that is the most fundamental thing that I never questioned that this is how time worked. What else could I question? My next thought was at the time, I thought our consciousness was created by brains and firing of neurons, nothing more. And I was like, okay, so this has happened one time creating a me, one time creating my dad. There's no, nothing in pure science that would prohibit in 300 years, another set of brain neurons creating a me, not the same person, not a Liz, but I would still get to experience consciousness as another person. And that seemed not as good as getting to have a continuation of myself and my dad himself. But certainly when all you've thought your whole life was complete obliteration, that's a pretty sweet deal. So I Googled that and I found the research of Dr. Jim Tucker and the late Dr. Ian Stevenson. And they are child psychiatrists at the University of Virginia who have been studying cases of kids with past life memories and getting positive results. Now, that really spoke to me. They're not talking about karma. They're not talking about any 
beliefs around it. And it's just facts. These kids' memories check out. And not all of them, but some. And that I was just like, this is the most profound thing I've ever heard in my whole life. So I started delving into their books. And that was the start of just, you know, how I completely changed my mind. And I guess I'll back up and I say I'm an atheist. I'm not one of those militant atheists who's like, you have to think this. There's no God. It just was completely irrelevant. Like, we thought it was as likely as Santa Claus. And if someone believed it, great. Like, I didn't care. I didn't try to change anyone's mind. As long as you're not putting laws on me or, you know, my friends, like, great. Like, you do you. I, so it was just more, instead of being like, we're atheists, it was just completely irrelevant to my life. Completely so never. Explain, explain, dig into that, Liz. What, what did yeah. you learn to make you think that, what does the afterlife look like to you? Okay, well, that's hard to say. So that would be, a little bit. So then, so I talked about the reincarnation. Then what I found more of, if you want to say what I think the afterlife seems to look like, would be more the work of, for example, Dr. Bruce Grayson, studying people with past life, I'm sorry, with um near-death experiences, people who've physically died and are resuscitated medically, and they report back just inexplicable experiences. And Dr. Bruce Grayson, he's also with the University of Virginia. He's a traditional psychiatrist. And, you know, he had a similar story where some of his patients reported near-death experiences. He was thought like I did, like atheist, materialist. And these people just reported absolutely inexplicable experiences, which is great. But then they were verified. And that's what I care about. What are about. inexplicable? What's something that's inexplicable? Inexplicable is, um, okay, I'll give... Two, I believe both are in Dr. Bruce Grayson's book, though there are other researchers. One is he was a young psychiatrist and this was, he was starting out. So he was really wanting to make a good impression. And he was at the hospital and a young college girl had, I don't remember if she tried to take her own life or if she'd OD'd on drugs, but she was in a coma. I believe she lost all vital signs for a while. And then she was resuscitated, but he wasn't, he was the psychiatrist on duty and he wasn't with her the whole time. He went in the other room a little bit. He was alone in the room and he had all the spaghetti sauce he noticed on his tie and before he was going to go in and see her and he was mortified. He was like, oh my God, you know, this looks so unprofessional again, young starting out. So he buttoned it up, went in, you know, talked to the girl's roommate, was trying to reach her parents. And then she ends up resuscitated. And she, then when she comes out, she's like, oh, you were that doctor who helped me I was and then she started talking about how she floated out of her body and she said you are the doctor that was in the other room and I saw you like trying to get the sauce off your tie that's inexplicable that's not oh I saw the light though there are aspects where people say that you have to take in a little bit of anecdotal evidence where there's a consistency and then people report seeing deceased loved ones and you can say that's a panic response and the mind and I would think that more likely except there are also stories and reports where while they see deceased loved ones they've seen people that passed away while at the same time that this person passed away and was resuscitated and they were confused why they saw that person because they didn't think they were deceased I can give an example again from Dr. Bruce Grayson's book although there are plenty of other reports from other doctors otherwise it'd be hard to just take this one person's word but he had a patient who i 
was in the hospital for quite some time and I, I don't even know how long but it wasn't like an instant heart attack rush they were there enough where they started to maybe even like just a week or two and there was a nurse that they spent some time talking to and you know they had developed attachment to quite a few nurses and this was a really young nurse healthy and this patient passed away and was resuscitated and while he was passed away he saw this young nurse he said he saw like deceased loved ones felt these energies and saw this young nurse and she said tell my parents I forget something like thank you for the car and I'm sorry and he came back and was like oh how you know this is transformative and I saw like my grandmother or whatever I mean I'm getting exact facts wrong but you know what you'd say see deceased loved ones he's like and I'm saw the oddly this nurse was there and she said thank you for like and she described the car like the red mustang convertible or something and it turned out she had passed away in a car accident that weekend and her parents had just given her that car and so that's what I call absolutely inexplicable because it's inexplicable and verified you can say I mean there's beautiful emotional reports where people are like I was hugging my grandmother I was hugging you know I'd lost my child tragically and they were there I mean you hear these beautiful things and there's something I try not to completely dismiss people's experiences but what really pushes me over the edge to say there's something going on is when people get what NDE researchers call veridical NDEs for information and experiences that they could not have known and then are verified who creates this other dimension then if we're here as a physical form, we're out going about our lives. We're doing what we do mm-hmm. for hopefully many decades. And then we're right. done, at least in the mm-hmm. physical form. Who, ha- who, who is responsible for this second next step in our, in our consciousness journeys? I mean, when I hear that you believe potentially in the afterlife, what I struggle to mm-hmm. then figure out is how you, how do you disconnect um god when you believe that there's this next realm that we're able to get to and be with the people that we loved while we were here in a physical form i i just truly don't understand why a god would be required for that that's i mean again i've never seen evidence of a god why does one monotheistic being create these levels there's there there's just absolutely no need for that i think to me to say though that's still a god is still hooked into belief can i say for sure i mean if i pass away and this huge being comes down and says i'm the only one and i'm god and okay there you go but there's there's no need for there to be one single god that created all of this for it to exist i mean again it goes to biocentrism what if all our consciousnesses have worked together to create this what if there is a higher group just like there's adults versus children and then as we go through this we grow up and grow to that what if they're just different and they created it and you know i mean where, those are things i just i can't the, where, where I, do you now believe- i'm getting Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Where where do you believe that we go when you're when you meet the afterlife and God willing you're with your God willing I should I should say that of <laughs> all of all the podcasts. That's okay. Uh, that you're that you're with your father again yes. in some spiritual form. Mm-hmm. Are you with him in perpetuity? 
do you go somewhere else eventually? How do you come back and reincarnate with the atoms that you talked about earlier? How do you see all that happening? Or is this this way too complex? I mean, I can get into it, but that's getting into pure philosophy and just playing with thoughts. I can't bring any, there's no evidence. Do you believe the afterlife is infinite? Oh, well, there's the ultimate question. I'm asking everyone that. I hope so. I mean, I does there are is evidence that we live multiple lives, but in trillions of years, you know, after the big crunch, I have no idea. That's like the question. I really hope so, but our consciousness could completely fizzle out. I hope you think it humanity will ever end one day, Liz. On this planet, a hundred percent. I mean, there, how could it not? There's no way it can't. The sun's gonna burn out. And but there'll be a big crunch but does that mean maybe it will eternally be on other planets there's so many goldilocks planets maybe humanity eternally you know stays in different planets in different solar systems and then different galaxies how do you think it all how do you think it all ends you think the sun burns out that's how, how it all comes to an end uh in one sense hopefully i mean we're destroying the planet i don't know I mean, we're destroying ourselves. The planet's going to be fine until the sun burns out or until the, well, then the planet will still be here. Um, If we're lucky, we last that long. We're doing everything in our power to wipe out humanity by destroying the planet. If we're wiped out, animals will start to replenish. And who knows, maybe we'll go through evolution again and we'll evolve as apes. But if we completely stop with our environmental destruction, we live as long as possible, the sun will burn out. I mean, even if we go to other planets in our solar system, which I know there's talk of, the sun burns out if we're all on Mars. But again, I mean, humans can be both horrible and miraculous. So maybe we develop- How how do the animals survive, but the humans don't? So if we wipe out ourselves on the planet with temperatures and, well, fish will survive, some animals will still survive. How will apes survive? You know, that's not my expertise. You know, you might be right. Animals might not survive. My guess is if we destroy the planet, there will be a few that survive enough to procreate and re-propagate the planet. But, you know, animals might be, not survive. You, you could come back as the Little Mermaid. You'll you know, <laughs> yeah, be right. a sea creature. I need a biologist to take that one over. But... Well, you know, it's, you have these fascinating thoughts and ideas, and I respect your, your belief you. system and um, I find it fascinating. And, and one of the things I like to do is is dig into these different mindsets and belief systems and and challenge and learn and uh, have an open dialogue about this kind of stuff because it is fascinating. And someone like you who really, I, I don't know if obsess is the right word, but let me say obsesses over this kind of stuff. You think about, it was there a God, you know, the afterlife, is afterlife infinite? These kind of things that we would love to have in, answers to. Um, right. I think it's also fascinating to hear your take on some of these things about humanity and about the planet and all these other things. So it's very oh, thank fascinating. You. Yeah. It's so much fun. I mean, you ask very probing questions. They're really fun to think about, you know? So what, what's your take on the pledge of allegiance? Do you, do you, would you say the pledge of allegiance in a classroom setting or do you have, do you take issue with it because one nation under God. Um, multiple things. I never had to in the schools I went to. Um, it just wasn't part of my life. I probably would say it if the group was, 
just to be respectful, just like if I was invited to a dinner in a home and they said, we're all going to pray before the meal. I try to respect other people's values. Ideally, I think the line in God we trust should be taken out of the Pledge of Allegiance. It was put in in the 50s. I forget why, but just like wave of conservatism, I think tied into McCarthyism. Older people could probably explain this better than I can know the facts, but I think it should be taken out. I would not want to be in a place where I had to say it every day. Um, do, you have, I would do you have non-atheist, my... Liz, do you oh, have sorry. non-atheist friends or are most of your friends atheists as well? I think we all have different beliefs. Yeah, I have some friends that believe in God. And yeah, interestingly, growing up, I can't even say I know for sure because it was just so irrelevant. I grew up in like pretty progressive area of New York City. And it just, we didn't talk about this very much. Like I went to religious ceremonies, like people's bar and bat mitzvahs, but aside from like the big celebrations, we just didn't, it was just not something people ever really talked about, which I know depending where you grow up, that sounds unthinkable and then I went to college in Austin Texas and more people talked about it and I wasn't the kind of person that cared you know I mean I just think you do you I, and I feel like I try to respect people's cultures and yeah mm. and I think I'm feeling a little more bothered by things like in God we trust in America just because like religion is being used to take away so many fundamental rights and that's very different than these are my personal beliefs. And I never saw religion trying to take away fundamental rights when I was growing up. So. Very unique perspective. Uh, yeah. I must say, I think you're the first person that's come on this podcast to talk about this. So I do believe the audience will uh, walk away with some, some value for sure. Uh, WTF just happened. I assume WTF stands for what the fuck. Correct. Yes. <laughs> so WTF just happened. Talk a little bit about your book and we will link it in the show notes. Oh, thank you so much. So my book it's and podcast, they're both called What the Fuck Just Happened, spelled WTF. So that tells my story of how, well, the book tells my story of how after my dad passed and I, what I say, took a shot in the dark and decided just to investigate, could there be any possible evidence of an afterlife and I went to find researchers I wanted it from an as you can probably tell if you've listened to this episode I wanted actual evidence I didn't want to hear someone talk about believing it and I decided to delve really far into this research even get readings with psychic mediums I found a group that studies psychic mediums and I started to join them and just how I was I just couldn't believe I just basically thought there was going to be a catch that I was going to find in a, a whole like evidence was just a house of cards was going to all crumble but the further I delved the more and more certain I became where again I try not to be certain of anything but where I now have concluded there's a preponderance of evidence and the book tells my story and it's kind of written in like a very personal despite the topic and grief comes in it's kind of funny and light and talks about how along with just doing the research I developed friendships with a lot of the people who some of the researchers and the psychic medium some have become good friends and there's a bit of that in the book too oh beautiful we'll link it in the show notes Thank like I you. said check it out everyone if you want to learn more about Liz and uh her book her story 
we do have links there. Like I said, fascinating uh, stuff. Really appreciate you coming on and being open and uh, fully transparent and uh, wishing you all the best. Thank you so much.